Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport in association with Lacquer. Bicycle insurance powered by the community. Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, the home of cycling. I'm Graham Wilgos. Brad has been out braving the elements for the final few savage stages of the Vuelta a España. No let-up in sight on Saturday with the peloton battling over five mountain passes and 190 kilometres from Arenas de San Pedro to Plataforma de Gredos before Sunday's procession into Madrid. Here's how it finished on Eurosport. Who's going to have the sprint? 100 metres to go. It's Jakobsen on the left-hand side. Better try to come around him. Better getting closer. Better going all the way, but Jakobsen has it. And Fabio Jakobsen alongside Sam Bennett to the line together in Madrid. The Koenig quick step celebrating. James Ox comes across the line in 11th place. Fabio Jakobsen has taken the victory. And Primoz Roglic is Slovenia's first ever Grand Tour winner. So, welcome to the Bradley Wiggins podcast. Brought to you by Eurosport. We're here in Avia, aren't we, Matt? Do we are. We're in Avia in a quite a lovely bar that we found on, on the bar. way from the... Yeah, it's Soul called Soul. The Soul Bar. We've got a couple of beers. We've got some olives. We've got just a rival had a night. podcaster just walked into our... Indeed, a rival podcaster just running away. Richard Moore. Hello, Richard. Yeah, podcast wars in full yeah, effect. Oh, we love each other, really. <laughs> that might have to be edited out, but it doesn't matter. Uh, he's a lovely lad, is Richard. <laughs> Very anyway, simple in his appearance. We're in, uh, we're, in a, we're in our second walled city, yes, aren't we? We are, we are. And, um, After Carcassonne. famous, of course, we were talking about in the van earlier 20 we years it. ago. Frank Vandenbroek. I know, what a finish that was. In the 1999 Volta, before the World Championships, of course, in Verona that year. On fire in that Volta. Won the points jersey, two stages, I think it was. He was phenomenal. Yeah, it was. Phenomenal. I remember. I wants to watch that on YouTube, just watch it. Vandenbroek in the 1999 Volta. I mean, when you look at him, when he was thundering up the cobbles, the, the bit we drove up, the speed he was going is impressive. Yeah. It kind of inspired me back then. I mean, I know he's a controversial figure, but yeah. amazing rider on a bike, wasn't he, Frank yeah. Vandenbroek? Amazing. Absolutely amazing. But that's poetic. A, Very yeah, poetic. Poetic, sort of, yeah. And other than that, we're at the Volta. We've just been on the way home from the last mountain finish today, where it looks like Primoz Rodic has now won the Giro, or the Volta, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so much to talk about, really. So much to talk about. Bull, who cares? Volta Tour, Giro, all the same. Mate, this is live. People make mistakes, you're a human. Who cares? Three weeks long, Volta. That's the one we're at. We. Been a long year. Been a long year but he was dominant, wasn't he? But, but before we talk about the win of Roglic, it's worth focusing on this particular stage, and that ride by Tadje Pojaka. Amazing. 36 kilometres to go. I Unbelievable. I mean, all... I mean, years of age. Incredible. I mean, that's his third stage win, as you said. Third stage win. 20 years of age, first Grand Tour. Yeah. I mean, what did you think about just the way that he rode? That He didn't just ride with strength and panache, yeah. bravery. The way he timed his attack after Lopez has attacked three or four times. Impressive attacks, but didn't really do too much damage. Yeah. Straight over the top. I mean, he what, did, what, yeah, but and then it was a couple of days ago. He lost a minute to Lopez and those guys, didn't he, on that run-in. Yeah. You kind of thought that he was going to fade away from that point on, and that Lopez was going to c- c- continue his rise up the GC. But today, I mean, when he went, I didn't think, I thought it was just a, a move that was trying to open up that, that main peloton. But 
I mean, I was still surprised to see him a 10k to go. You know, it's one of them. It's a bit like yesterday we watched that Rene, uh, what's he called, Rene? Rene Cavagna. Cavagna, when he attacked 25k to go, it was kind of like, oh, this is just kind of a do-or-die effort because they're going to get caught soon. But some of the rides that have been done this last couple of days it's have been, been the, so impressive. It's been the Vuelta of the breakaway, isn't it? Which has well, been wonderful of, to yeah, see. Yeah, like a new generation of rider as well. I mean, aside from the, the old guard, the Valverdes as well, Gilbert's, you know, we've seen sort of Sam Bennett come of age in the Grand Tour yeah. as well. But yeah, 20 years of age. This time last year, he was winning the Tour of Lavenir, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, three stage wins at 20. I mean, yes, it's. And it's we, hard because obviously Van der Poel won Tour of Britain as well today. Yeah, he? Was he 21? I think he's about a little bit older, 22, 23, yeah, uh, so, but, but he's still impressive. We three were stage wins. about um, Remco Evenepoel the other week, 21 years of age, 20, yeah. 21 years of age, signing a new five year deal, having won Classic San Sebastian. Of course, Bernal won the Tour, 21 years of age. Um, I mean, you know, there's some of the talent now in cycling, this new generation of cycling. It's almost like there is no feeder period in terms of learning their trade. Exactly. It's straight in well, what about race. the day before yesterday, or was it the day before? Sergio Iguita, EF Education First, a Colombian, after a very difficult tour for EF. 22 years of age. Yeah, uh, wins, yeah. wins the stage, a lot of pressure on his shoulders, only five men left yeah. in the team. Sole survivor, holds off the peloton as well. It's been... It's been a spectacular, unpredictable race. I, I must admit, Brad, you've ridden it. it. It's a wonderful race. It's, a, it's just so, so difficult to predict. Everybody's tired at the end of the season as yeah. well. But it opens a lot of doors for people too, doesn't it? It does, but it's um, one of the most hard-fought, undulating... I mean, we've seen the crashes that have happened this last couple of weeks, mm. really, and we've seen the crosswinds that have played their part, the weather. It's not been plain sailing. Um, but Rolic, I mean, I mean, everyone predicted him at the start. We all predicted him at the start of the Giro as well. But, I mean, six years he's been on the bike. It's nuts, isn't it? And, and, and he's now about to win his first Grand Tour. And I don't think he fully processed or realised what he's about to achieve because he's just so raw and so talented. But he's not talented anymore because he's now achieving. I mean, he's won the Tour of Romandie this year, isn't he? Yep. A couple of other races early season as Tereno. well. Torreno. <laughs> third in the Giro. About to win the Vuelta Espana. I mean, he's just going from strength to strength. And I think his biggest characteristic is he's kind of cool, calm, collected yeah, what, do you, what, what do you make of that? Well, I think it's brilliant. That's his biggest asset. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm, I'm on the other side. I'm, I try to interview him sometimes. He's, he's very kind of gentlemanly and polite, yeah. but he doesn't ever give too much away. Yeah. But he seems... I think it reminded me a little bit, although G opens up, of like, he's just calm. Nothing yeah. seems to phase him. He just, you know it's, it's almost G. like he's, he's yeah. kind of saving energy all the time, even with the yeah. press. Like He has to play the game, but never gives too much away. And it's annoyed a lot of the press. It's frustrated really, a lot yeah. of the press, yeah, because you know he's, he's winning a grand tour. He's the leader. He's in the red jersey. People want information from him. People want a story, but he just doesn't give much away. What do you make yeah, of that? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, each to their own, isn't it? I mean, I kind of when I see him there stood on the time trial podium or coming across the line in the slow-mo shots. I just think of the character and the man that used to stand at the top of that ski jump and how daunting that is. Yeah, um, good, way of, good way of putting it. Yeah, and he's took that mindset and that sort of... I mean, that, that is a... I've, I've done it in a TV programme, you know, but it is... It's, it's, there's another podcast rival just about to walk in. <laughs> oh, nice. from Saved by the Bell. Um, it is Daniel Freebos <laughs> just turned in the background. <laughs> Yeah, Richard's come in and then and then left blue, again. Left. <laughs> he's, he's left. Sorry, yes. Sorry, Daniel. This is, this, this is the beauty of podcasts in like live environments, though, isn't it? You know, other podders come in, other podders go. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Yeah, but I was saying about Primoz Roglic. I did that TV show, obviously the jump, and we didn't do nothing like an Olympic ski jump. But it is terrifying, and you've got to compose yourself and go down this thing. And, and Primoz has almost reminds me of that kind of mindset when you watch the Olympic ski jumpers come down. The way he approaches this sport is raw. He's not a fan of the sport. I don't think he's grown up particularly watching cycling like no. we have. And 
20 years ago, Vandenbroek won in Avia. And just does the job, doesn't he? Asset. Just does and the he's, job. He's willing to learn on the job. He doesn't seem to have any ego. And, yeah. But also, at the same time, as much as he doesn't give much away in those press conferences and stuff, it's, it's that ability that allows him to not get ruffled by the likes of yesterday when we saw the crash. He's not kicking off at the finish He saying, didn't really, yeah, he didn't really engage in any of the, the saying, saying, Star out of order like Lopez released that tweet saying they're, you know, they're idiotic and they need to pull themselves in. Just calm and collected, Actually, leave it till tomorrow, and, he, and it, uh, day after day, now he's won the Volta. Yeah, it was really interesting, off the back of the, the controversy surrounding the stage that was won by Cavania and that crash that we've discussed quite a lot now when, when Sam Benny was ultimately second, is that the only bit of social media that I saw Primoz Roglic post was so sorry to lose my roommate um, Tony Martin Martin, you know and best of luck to him no reference to what happened on the road apart from the crash itself didn't slag off Valverde didn't slag off Mobistar who was the most vocal Lopez it was Lopez what happened to him today he got dropped attacked 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 and then got dropped day after day grand tours just it's all wasted nervous energy what happened happened yesterday it stopped he came back that's the end of it as far as I'm aware that's for us to discuss in the yeah, media yeah 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 I mean on that point because I think it's worth discussing because we're talking about the man who's about to win his first ever Grand Tour so it's worth drilling down a little bit into his psyche you know you've, but you've been there and done it and did was it something that you learned that you did you ever get flustered I know obviously the discipline of the team pursuit is, is, was very very helpful I, yeah. I guess but did you get better at it, or were you I always used to get good at it all the time? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't that great really at controlling that. I was very kind of hot-headed and that, but that comes from the insecurity I had as a bike rider. Yeah, you know, as a person as well. You know, completely different to now. You know, I was quite insecure and afraid as a cyclist. Really, I just had this talent to apply myself and be able to train. Um, but yeah, all the time. I mean, you see me throwing my bikes and yeah. went up in a press conference at the Tour, Tour de France and sort of reacted to something someone had said on Twitter about you know what do you say to the people that say you're and I basically called them a bunch of. We have to bleep that out. That's fine. But that was what I said at the time, you know. And yeah. just, again, when I look back, it's just complete nervous energy, you know. Um, and that's what makes certain riders like Primoz Rodic far, far supersede me as a bike rider in terms of his application and the way he applies things. Um, and the likes of Garain and that. When you watch yeah. him in the tour, I wasn't capable of doing that. But that's just the way it is. It doesn't define me as a person now. Yeah. So and I don't need that for my ego to be anyone now. So it's just it, it's just factual. Um, and I look at these guys and admire them for what they yeah. can do. And what about Roglic as, as a bike rider? Okay, take away the sight. And physically, I mean, he's a work in progress. Still. Yeah, he's just getting better and yeah. better. But I don't think, I'm, I'm looking back over the, over the last three weeks, which has been a, a blast, by the way. It's been a lot of fun. And I've never seen him really put under pressure a couple of times. He's let the wheel go a bit, yeah. but he's never really, I mean, he wears this mask, doesn't he? I've never really seen him seemingly suffer. Clearly he is. At the top end, you yeah. do suffer. But he's never been put under a lot of pressure. And no. it's, it's been a lot thrown at him as well, but he's coped with it. And what a team. We talk about young riders, yeah. Sepp Kuss, Nielsen, Paulus, the young Americans. I mean, that team, you know, have been amazing. And Stephen Kreiser wasn't even here. I mean, a little bit about Jumbo, yeah. but it's worth talking yeah. about them for a bit, isn't it? I mean, what a yeah, squad. Yeah, I mean, I, I've said a few times today, I said to Dutch TV at the finish, they're, the, they're, they're a team to be reckoned with now. Don't forget, this was a team that goes back to Panasonic days. Yep. They were, it's, Massive it's, it's history. It's an amalgamation of Panasonic, Buckler, yep. Word Perfect, you know, Novell, yep. then it became Rabobank, you know, and then of course it was uh, Blanco, Bianchi, or I'm sure it's Bianchi at one stage Blan- or, yep. or whatever, but so that's the same sort of team. There's you know, Franz Marsen, Nico Verhoeven, all these guys. It's the same sort of infrastructure, isn't it, that's been right? Yeah. It's the same team. Um, and they were the biggest team at one time, weren't they? I mean, yeah. You take the Panasonic Massive. day, he's under, um, what's his name, the guy who won Paris, Peter Post. Yep. 
Um, you know, it was a huge team, wasn't it? With Van der Van der Aden, Robert Miller rode from as well, yeah. And Baber. Yeah, Baber. And 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 they've learned from the likes of Sky and watched what they're doing and you know got their sort of sports scientists in and that they, they've podiumed on every Grand Tour this year they've won stages in every Grand Tour they're, they're a team to be reckoned with next year I mean do you think Tom Dumoulin's going there as well they've got Stefan Dreisvig Robert Hessing that team is stacked yeah. isn't it I mean yeah, I, they've I mean, got, they've got yeah, of course the guy who won the first stage in, in Brussels the sprint guy yep um, forget his name uh, <laughs> we'll come to him in a second Van der Aden um, but, <laughs> but then of course they got Wolf Van Aert I mean, it, it, they're stacked, as you say, with, with talent. And, um, you know, they're, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with next year. And I think Tom Dumoulin's just going to slot into that team. How do you think, I didn't think they're going to play uh, things. I mean, with Roglic, well, Tom Dumoulin, Stephen Kreisweik. I mean, um, yeah, but the Dutch were saying that they're going to be caused too many problems. But Sky have managed it. Yeah, they have. They it's have. not a bad problem to have. It's about who manages those personalities and the expectations within that. And, and invariably, as we know, because cycling such a cruel, cruel sport, as we see day in, day out, you know, it's not going to be a smooth season. General rods are going to be injured, and it just gives them a few more options. They're going to have that depth. But you, if you want to win Grand Tours at the rate that Ineos do, and, the, and, the, and obviously that Jumbo yeah. Riz is just about to win their first one, barring accidents tomorrow, you do need depth, and you do need yeah. strong riders across the board. Do. I mean, look, Kreisvig crashed out this race, didn't he? Yeah. And he finished third in the Tour. Uh, Gessick's back at this race, about to finish it, but of course he crashed out the Giro, was it? Or just before in Romandy? He broke his collarbone, didn't he? It swings him in roundabouts, really. And obviously, Primoz targeted the Giro and the Volta, so, so you know, normally you don't do the Tour in between, so Kreisvig got his opportunity to get third in the Tour. Yep. So, you know, there's plenty of opportunity, and from Dumoulin's obviously had a terrible season, and will want to come back and make his mark, but knowing Tom, he more likely he may target the, the Giro next year yeah depends on the parkour doesn't it a little bit I mean, you just don't know so. yeah but it's not a bad thing not a bad um, problem to have having yeah. too many good riders and I think it's worth talking a little bit about we can't help it to Koenig Quickstep you know, the, the, the most successful yeah. team of the year two stage wins for Philippe Gilbert a stage win for, for Jakobsen earlier in the race one of the only three sprint stages that yeah. ended in proper bunch sprints yeah. and of course Remy Cavagna what a squad and, 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 what, and what an environment for, we've, we've got to mention him James Knox mm. to have been you know up until today was ninth overall sadly through the injuries that he sustained yeah. after that nasty crash has dropped down to 11 but what a fighting performance what a what a wonderful team I mean they can just every single rider at some point or other are given opportunities and generally when they're given those opportunities they take them with both hands and that includes James Knox top 10 remember yeah. uh, uh, barring, you know, barring that accident of course I mean yeah. special squad yeah but I think it's just that team spirit within that I don't think it matters who's winning or who's doing what there's no hierarchy in the sense that Gilbert leads that team in the dominant sense I mean obviously he's won his stage but in the sense that he will help this young British kid try and get top yeah. 10 in GC. And I think it just, you've got the likes of Steve Barr. Uh, we were stood at the studio at the finish today when James Knox finished and he was shattered. Horrible. Probably in you know, a very emotional time for him as well. Gilbert came up behind him, hugged him straight away. You know, we saw Remy Cavagno win yesterday in, um, in Toledo. Yep. Um, and, and Gilbert and Steve Barr stopped straight away off the finish line, the three of them embracing. I mean, that team, we saw it as well in the tour, didn't we, with Julian Alaphilippe. And Incredible. It's just, um, we went to the hotel one day to interview oh, Julian. That was special, special colour moments, wasn't it? Yeah. And the staff are lovely, aren't they? I mean, a British PR guy and... It's just a great team to be around. Yeah. And I think that, that reflects in the way they race and, and the results they get. And, and uh, it's worth reflecting a little bit on James Knox in particular, isn't it? I mean, what a ride, you know. Uh, he's obviously ridden Grand Tours before, rode the Giro, was forced out through, yeah. through injury. Again, it looks like he is going to finish this race. 11th place overall isn't going to be bad. He's going to equal, obviously, Hugh Carthy, 11th in the Giro. Yeah. It's going to be a bit, bit of a battle between Hugh and James over the next few years, but a healthy one. It's just it's yeah. good to see. He's a lovely, lovely lad, isn't he? But James put himself in a position to finish probably 
seventh or eighth in this yeah, race. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And it was circumstances out of his control that has deemed that he's fell back to 11th, really, which was, you know, the crash. Yep. And he made, you know, from the high of making that break on the big windy split day to crashing yep. and subsequently falling away to 11th yep. and, and scraping through today's stage. Yep. Um, so that's no, through no fault of his own. That's just, that's bike racing. Yep. Um, but if we just hold him back in Benidorm when we sat down, James, you're going to finish 11th in this race and you'll get as high as 8th at one point. Yeah. He'd have took that, wouldn't he? Because yeah, he I, didn't even finish the Giro this year. No, no, I, I think that it's was his a... first Grand Tour finish. Yes, this will be his first Grand Tour finish. And it's just outside 11, the top 10. I mean, no, that's, that's not bad, is it? That's very impressive. He's got a big, big future and that's why Lefebvre has signed him on for another couple of years. He just needs... Hey. Well, it's worth mentioning we've got a little well. Shall we mention it? The old little picture that oh, Philippe Gilbert yes, said. Yes. I'll set the scene. You're a good mate with Philippe Gilbert. Yeah. He's rooming with Noxie and he sent you a cheeky little picture. And we, we all know that Nox has got a little bit of a distinctive haircut, yeah. kind of short of the sides, curly on top. So what was so the I photo was, uh, that someone you Someone asked me, what, what does it remind you? I said, kind of, something, it looks a little bit like a toilet brush. And, <laughs> and what so, happened? So <laughs> Philip got James Knox to stand next to the toilet with a toilet brush. Oh, it was lovely, wasn't it? took the photo, yeah. um, which I've, was quite nice. You know, lovely James, picture. lovely lad. He was in Team Wiggins, of course. And um, it's great just watching them shine, these lads. And, he's, and aside from anything, I think he's warmed people's hearts. He's so endearing he in his interviews, hasn't he, Matt? Yeah, it's, it's, been a, it's amazing what can happen over the course of three weeks in a Grand Tour. The emotional... Ro- I mean, it's a bit You've of a cliche. You've got quite close to him, haven't you? In yeah, some ways, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd like to think that... You gave him a hug, trust me. Yeah, well, gave him a little bit of, you know... Yeah, I feel quite fatherly towards these lads. because they Did they, it get awkward, the hug? Le- no. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not go into that. But no... These lads have given it their all, and they're learning the yeah, ropes. No, and uh, and what, what I like about it is, uh, I think you mentioned it a few minutes ago before we move on, the, the kind of class of Philippe Gilbert, because he stayed with him for quite a lot of the day, and I had a yeah. bit of a chat with, because it took a little bit of time to James Knox to compose himself after yeah. the finish. Really disappointing to lose that ninth spot overall. So I had a chat with Philippe off the record. He said, you know what? You know, I've been with him for most of the day trying to look after him, and he said it was a really emotional time. And he said, but the class of Gilbert, two stage wins, it's one of the most respected riders of, of all time, one of, of this generation. Yeah. Yeah, oh, but the way he looked after this young British rider, he used to ride on your team, was, was actually quite touching. Yeah. And it reminds, and it's just another reminder, mate, of why this sport is, is special. Yeah. Another reminder of that. And from one me. British rider, to wrap up this little segment, we yeah. have to talk about Teo. Of course we do. What a I ride mean, by Teo. You know, from the end. disappointment in Benidorm of losing that seven and a half minutes if we remember in Calpe. Yeah, he, was, he was gutted, yeah. wasn't he? He was gutted. I mean, he was actually, the reports suggest he was in tears on the bus. Well, you, would, you would be. I spoke to him the day after in Alicante, but to come back, yeah, that great weekend last week, weekend, didn't he? Second and third. And we've seen him ever-present the last few days, haven't we? Yeah. Um, and he stopped at our finished gantry today. You know, I've got good relationship with Teo. He's quite chipper, wouldn't he? He's quite just chipper. a lovely, lovely lad. I've got a lot of time for him. And I feel for him sometimes. It's, he, you know, I know he, he, he realises the position he's in and the opportunity he gets given. That's one of the downsides of knowing so much about your sport. And I think he does carry that himself through his own pressure, yeah. the weight of the world on his shoulders sometimes. And sometimes you just want to be able to take that off him. And, I, and it's unfortunate at times, I don't think there's enough people in Ineos around him, certainly from a rider, as Gilbert-like, you know, or yeah. a steer bar that can just yeah. say, just chill out. And I, I feel for him sometimes because I know what that's like in that team. It's it's such an elite facility yep. and the, the, the expectations are so high. And Teo actually said it, the, the, the amount of effort the staff put in on a daily yeah. basis you know, forces you to think, well, I'm going to put as much in myself. Like You've got to be on and, it all the time. It's, it's a tough environment to be in and it's not for everyone. No. It's not to criticise, this is just an observation. But I feel for Teo, when we look at how James Knox, up to a few days ago till the crash, 
was loving life with Gilbert yeah, yeah. and the like. That's what I mean. It's this, it's this, the ups and down, the way that stage race and the experience of, of, of all the rides. Of the, you know, what, 200 rides in the, in the world, so 200 different stories, 200 narratives that are really complex, nuanced, emotional. But to see Teo flourish towards the back end, and it, in the interview we had with him today, that you, I don't know if you, I think you did listen to yeah, it. Yeah, did. Yeah. Quite an interesting chat about the point that you just raised about speaking to people with the team, and he. He told me he was speaking to Egan Bernal, you know, just won the Tour de France. And uh, it was a couple of years younger than Teo saying that this experience, sometimes not winning, prepares you for winning in the future. Yeah. Like winning straight off the bat and then losing off the back end and struggling is a harder way to deal with it, I think. But Teo struggled in this, in this race. But what he's done at the back end, he showed a real strength Phenomenal. of character. Yeah. A third, a second in the break again he today. 12 today. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's, he's got to be happy with that. Okay, a lowly place on GC, but he's fought all the way. I think Teo's his biggest critic. Yeah, yeah. He's his own you biggest critic. You can tell critic. in his body language every and, day um, he's got different body language. But I think you know? I, I will tell Teo he's got to be proud of this. Yeah, yeah, really I, I, I'd agree, mate. I'd agree. Um, so Teo, if you're listening, which I know you are, because you're a dirty little so-and-so. <laughs> you need to explain what that little circle is. Well, I've never got it. You know, he posts that little circle. Is yeah, it? I don't know. We'll have to ask him. We'll maybe, we'll ask get, him. maybe we'll get in touch. Right. We love you, Tao. Even though all three Grand Tours have concluded it's not the end of live cycling in 2019 on Eurosport and the Eurosport player, fans can enjoy the Road World Championships in Yorkshire, the final monument of the season, Il Lombardia, and much, much more. Try it for yourself on the app or at eurosport.co.uk. Chris Froome, for a man... He's been out of action for quite a long period of time recently. He's had to defend himself quite ridiculously, really, because there are certain people on the internet, primarily Twitter, uh, who are accusing Chris Froome of actually making this all up. There are conspiracy theories to suggest that the accent that Chris Froome had in the the warm-up of the Dauphiné is a work of fiction. Um, And he's been quite vocal about it because... I, I find it utterly ridiculous, and I, and I actually think it's a, a bit of a shame that we have to even bring this up on your podcast, but it's a kind of fact these days yeah. that there are, there are a, a vocal few. Yeah. I mean, uh, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, I know you've my, not really come across yeah. it too much, but I well, find it just unbelievable. Yeah, t- t- be, be blunt, yeah, be blunt, yeah, yeah. be blunt. They're absolute f***ing idiots. Yeah. I mean, truly, they're going to have to bleak that out, of course. doesn't yeah. matter, idiots. But, yeah. I mean, Jesus, th- this is what these kind of people do in between is is sit there writing this sort of rubbish horse I mean this guy's a professional athlete he's one of the greatest of our generation yeah. greatest tour riders perhaps of all time I mean it, what planet do they live on to think that this guy's going to sit at home for four or five months and fake an injury to this extent when he's got two children and a wife I mean it's just absolute bonkers I mean these people I mean I go and get a real life rather than coming up yeah. with this crap really yeah I mean and that's all I'll say on it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we need to dwell on it, Brad. It's just, no. I just find it And good luck to incredible. Chris Froome next year. And we all yeah. hope that he makes a full recovery and that he comes back and uh, hopefully wins a fifth historic Tour de France victory. So from the success of Tegagen Hart at the Vuelta with Ineos to some sad news that's just come out in the last couple of days, Bradley. The, well, it's been revealed that uh, Dave Brailsford mm. has had uh, an operation for cancer, which was actually diagnosed at the Tour de France didn't go to surgery wanted to stay with the lads at the tour has now had surgery and is waiting for results I mean it's a, a big you know it's a bit of a, a hammer blow to Dave and his family yeah. but it's a guy that you know very very well um, that has kind of been with you pretty much 
the latter yeah. part of your career, seen all your success. I mean, uh, sad, sad news. Yeah. I mean, firstly, Mullis was here at Eurosport. Uh, we hope it's a, you yeah, know, a positive do. diagnosis, Absolutely, of course. Yeah. But, yeah, big news there. It is. And um, I've known Dave since I was 18. And we've had an up or down. At times, checkered. But uh, one thing I've always considered is Dave is like a big brother to me. Yeah. You know, someone you could have an argument with, a fight with, you know, fall out with. But um, at times, frustrating. You know, at times, we probably dislike each other. But I spoke to him at the tour. He's very kind of um, reflective, and we had a, you know quite a nice moment actually. And um, but yeah, I mean, just it's quite sad. And it puts puts things into perspective, really. I mean, we cycling's you know particularly Dave the last few years come under a lot of criticism. Um, but it just shows how delicate life is. It almost yeah. disproportionate to what we do complain about sometimes in cycling. But this guy is—I know he's got a 15-year-old daughter. Yep. He's not a married man, but he's—you know—been in a relationship for a long, long time with someone I know as well from the start. So it's—you um, know—no one deserves that. And I think we all wish him well. And, and what he's done for this sport in the last 10 years will never be fully appreciated. We get further down the line and. And I think the only people that really realise that, that are not bitter about it, but will be truthful and honest about it, to see where the sport has come in the last 25 years in Britain, it's quite a stark contrast, really. I mean, we're talking about a manager who's managed, just managed his seventh or eighth Tour de France victory, who's a knight of the realm, who's now attracted a second sponsor that's 40-plus million a year into the sport, um, has single-handedly made... British cycling, one of the biggest cycling nations in the world, not only in cycling but perhaps as a, as an a, a recreational activity in the society, bringing the likes of Sky in, however many Olympic gold medals, you know, Tour de France wins, um, from a guy who started rubbing legs and massaging legs at a race you were at, Matt, in the 1993 milk race. I didn't even realise that. Yeah. and drive, single-handedly I would say, well, of course you need the athletes underneath and that. Yeah, and the staff. Uh, single-handedly, yeah. I would go so far as to say, been one of the re- the main reason of success of this sport in this country and you know only too well that don't you man yeah and, and i think like just beyond that as well it's not just the success of british cycling the ripple effect of the success that that you've had chris hoy's had pendleton at Froome, that's affected the world of cycling and the way that cycling's approached from a yeah. training perspective from a nutrition perspective from a technological perspective from a Yumbo professional Vinder. perspective yeah you know sky with a benchmark like them or loathe them they set a new benchmark and um they, they have changed the sport. And, um, OK, it took a couple of years to kind of settle in. They ruffled a lot of feathers with the kind of general attitude. But that was the, kind of a learning process. But they have changed the sport for the better. There's more money in the sport than ever. Mm. Um, it's affected quite dramatic change. And it's a very, very, very important figure in the world of cycling. And that cannot be Absolutely. understated at all. Absolutely, yeah. And um, I think we just, we all wish him really well. Yeah, we're, we're all I mean, the best. I mean, um, yeah. Because this is beyond cycling now. This is yeah, about this that is people humanity made, and... Um, yeah, this is someone's father yep someone's husband and um, I think we all wish him well from everyone at Eurosport definitely listeners it's time to tell you a bit more about our sponsor Lacquer Lacquer is a smarter way of insuring your bike and your gear it's a community of cyclists joining together to save each other money Lacquer covers all the basics like theft and accidental loss and damage both at home and abroad It'll also cover you in sportives and competition races so long as you're not riding in the pro peloton. How does Lacquer work, you ask? Well, instead of charging you a fixed premium, with Lacquer you only pay a small share of the community's claims cost and your share is proportionate to how much you insure. Lacquer locks in a maximum price cap to make sure there are no nasty surprises even in months with lots of claims amongst the community. And when there are no claims that month, you could even pay nothing at all. Rest assured claims are accepted fast, usually within 24 hours. 
On average, Lacker's members have saved 61% on bike insurance. So why don't you investigate the benefits for yourself? Find out more at lacker.co.uk and enter the promo code WIGGINS to get £10 off. That's laka.co.uk and the promo code WIGGINS. Well, there's another stage race that's going on at the same time as the Walter, as well as the races in Quebec and Montreal. We saw Michael Matthews take back-to-back victories in Quebec, Montreal. It's the Tour of Britain, a race yeah. that you've won before. It is. A race of both ridden the Clash Swords. We never really clashed too. I just rode well, in the back. It was a different name, suffered. wasn't it? We were the Prue Tour when we rode. And the Tour of Britain, mate, when you rode for Sky. Yes, you did. You rode for Sky, yes. Yeah. Correct, yeah. But um, that's been do- won in dominant fashion by, well, one of the most sensational. stage wins. I know. It I mean, just, what you, can you say about Matthew van der Poel? I think the thing, the thing that sums up me and Matthew van der Poel is that you don't see him that often because he's in a very small team. But when we do see him, he wins. And he makes it look very, very easy. I think anyone who's very good at what they do makes it look easy at what they do. And it's certainly not, as we all know. And I think Matthew van der Poel is a, is a, is a true expression of ma- someone making it look, personification of someone who makes it look very easy at what they yeah. do. I mean, to beat the likes of Trentan and that in a sprint is not easy, is it? Well... The thing is, he doesn't just beat them in a sprint. He puts them away. He gaps them. Yeah. I've never seen anybody... He reminds me a little bit of, like, a Jeremy Hunt. I know that's a weird... Uh, absolutely, yeah. No, the Jeremy, way... Yeah. I mean, Jeremy, you know, wasn't quite successful with Matthew van der Poel, no, but, 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 but that weird punch... in the sky would have been, wouldn't he? That bang, that punch. And uh, so, so versatile. But he won it in dominant fashion. There were some good performances by some young British yeah. riders as well. But, of course, we're all looking ahead to the, the Yorkshire World, World Road Championships. Yeah. Many riders yeah. that had ride in the Volta have kind of honed their form as well as performing in the yeah. Volta. And the, and the Tour of Britain has now become one of the key races... For riders to prepare for the world championship I, when uh, when Kwiatkowski rode yeah. um, he, he course, went on to, yeah. to, to win his, his uh, in Pomperado won the world championship so, so the TOB is a really important race not only in prestige but in terms of getting prepped for the worlds absolutely and it's become a bit of a choice over the Walter yeah. which was the, always because it's, it's r- the, the rate it's raced at the Tour of Britain it's hard, hard, it? is, 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 got a bit of everything and the British roads are, are unforgiving at times yep. aren't they um, but you know what Matthew for the world championships I'm I don't want to say I can't see anyone beating him because it's 280 kilometres, but we've seen Dutch cycling. I don't know how Dutch cycling will take to him, whether the likes of Robert Hessink and those guys will get round him. I don't know if, you know the, how they consider him, but I mean, he, he, he's got to be one of the favourites for that race, hasn't he? He has, and of course, I think the Belgian team, Remco Evenepoel, is riding. He's been picked. He's on the first. They've not announced a full team Belgium. They're going to have a full complement of eight riders. Podjakar. Podjakar as well. Podjakar, yeah. sorry. Slovenia going to have a good team, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, with, with Roglic as well. It's going to be sensational. I mean, it's worth dwelling a bit on, on the Yorkshire Worlds, though, isn't it? I mean, uh, yeah. when was the last time the Worlds was in the UK? It was in Good- a- a- Goodwood, was wasn't it? Mandy won. Mandy Jones. Beppe Cerrone won the pros. My father my- rode that day in the pro race. Do you know what, did he? Yeah, yeah. My, do you know this? this I love that. I've got I a lo- photo of him riding that race that day. This is where, you know that when podcasts collide, family interests kind of like enter into yeah. over. My dad was the lead motorbike in the world pro really? road race. So he drove the cameraman. Were you there that day watching? I wasn't. I don't know where I was. I was playing football somewhere probably. But my dad was the lead motorbike. He had the camera on the back with yeah, Cerrone winning. Wow. Just showing Matt a picture now on my Instagram page. On my, on my, I've got a oh, troll well, in account. Seriously, mate. Yeah. <laughs> right, can some, while we're chatting... Rob, could you look up, Rob, the producer, on the floor, Daz is recording this, uh, World Road Race Championships 1982, Beppe Cerrone finishing picture, and you, we might get a picture of my dad as well, yeah. live yeah. on the podcast. Because um, Jonathan Bowyer was medalist that day, Greg LeMond, wasn't he? Controversial, though. Yeah, LeMond What it was, Boyer got away, Jock Boyer got away, and LeMond dragged up Cerrone and Kelly in the last few hundred metres, 
and then Cerrone went long, didn't he? Incredible. Oh, we're, we're dialing up a bit of a picture. We'll find out. We'll find out Look in a minute. Dad's shoes that day as well. They were class, weren't they? Adidas. Oh, Eddie Merckx. Lace-ups. Yeah, yeah. I've never, I didn't, I've never seen that piece. That's, yeah. that's pretty special, mate. That's yeah, quite emotional. I'd love that it? jersey. I would love that jersey. That wow. bike he was on, he rode a Paganini. Don't you remember them? <laughs> what team was your dad riding for then? Uh, Mark Zipson trial. Frank Hoster, Patrick Circu. Wow, yeah. mate, I didn't know your dad rode the Worlds that year. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And my dad rode on a motorbike. Cheating a little bit. There we go. But he meant well. We had a job to do. Fist pump. Boom. We didn't even plan that. No. that how lovely was that? So, yeah, so that was, that was, that was 82. Mandy yep. won the yep. women's race. Of course, Lizzie coming back this year. Yeah. Obviously, she's had a baby with, uh, with Phil. Home worlds for Lizzie. She's announced her retirement off the Olympics next year, but I think someone said the other week, what's her chances of winning? I don't think it matters whether she wins or not. I think people just want to see one of our recent times superstar of cycling. Just to see these people, I think, is, is, yeah. is a celebration of cycling in Yorkshire. I, I think she will want to win, of course. We all know that. But this is a celebration of what Yorkshire has done the last few years for cycling. Yeah, and that's, of course, off the... I mean... The legacy from the Tour de France a few years back, of course, it's the same, exactly the same finishing straight where, where Mark crashed, Mark Cavendish crashed, of course, Kittel ended up winning the first day, it's the same finishing straight, and I was there, an amazing day, and um, the World Championships, I'm going to be there all week, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to it, but uh, like you say, I think for Lizzie, she's already been a world champion, she knows what she won back in Richmond when, yeah. when Peter Sagan won, that was a special, special win, I had the pleasure of commentating on that win, but for her to come back... And, uh, and ride a world, you know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime, once-in-a-generation yeah, kind of opportunity for these yeah. riders. So I think regardless of the result, it's going to be kind of engraved on their memory forevermore, I think. It's going to yeah. be a special, special day. And special mention to Eurosport's very own Magnus Baxter. I think Eleanor's riding Rodan oh, Amazing. There. And what a, what a progression um, I've seen from, the, from yeah. Maggie's, Maggie's daughters there. To Maggie and Megan. Yeah, Maggie and Megan. No, they're not just Maggie's children. Maggie <laughs> didn't give birth to them, did he? He just helped out. Sorry, Megan. And Megan was part of the team that I rode yeah, against. She was a junior world's medalist herself. And also with the Commonwealth yeah. Games in 98 together. Absolutely, yeah. But she was in Wales, I was in England. We were enemies. Yeah. I was at that Commonwealth Games as well. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but also then, obviously, onto the men's race, Ben Swift, yeah. home roads, British champion, finally. I know, and uh, a Yorkshireman. Amazing, really. And, and do you know what? I wouldn't put it past Ben to get a result. He's up. the kind of rider that he could... He's been going well. He's, I think... I just remember in the Milan-San Remo finishes, you know, he's up there third, fourth. The harder the better. The harder the better. He's, yeah. had, a, he's had two podiums in Milan-San Remo. And you just know that he's going to be targeting this last year. Already. And, it's gonna, and let's be honest, we've got options in, in the team, but the team... I don't know what, what the plan is with, with Matt, in the, the, yeah. the manager of the team, who's the, who they're going to be protecting. But, you know, when you look at that course, when you look at the condition that Ben's in, you look at his track record at World Championships on big occasions. He loves it. If, I think, let's be honest with you, if, if Ben pulled on the rainbow jersey, you wouldn't be like, oh, my God, I'd that. I would be, be like, there we go. Not. No. If, so no. if Ben podiums, it would well, be more I, like... I can see him certainly as a, a medalist. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. It's going to be a big... So I want your tip, and I'll put you on the spot now, Brad. Well, I've got three riders. Okay, give, give us your tips. I've got Mathieu van der Poel. Yep. Philip Gilbert. Yep. And Greg Van Avermaet. Okay. Greg, I mean, Greg's just Mr. Consistent. But having said that, Michael Matthews in Quebec. Just to say, I mean, he, I know, one again, back to back. We're number one in his back. I wouldn't put it past the Aussies. I mean, what a team they're going to have. He's coming into form just at the right it's time the as well. It's championships, isn't it? It's just, it's the cream of the crop, isn't it? Yeah, and I think the course that they've designed in Harrogate is a really, really clever one. It's a tough opener. They don't actually hit the finishing circuit until like 170 kilometres. And it's one of the longest, the longest. Isn't it? It's, no, it's 300, like 2K or something, right. including neutral. It's the longest world yeah. in a long, long time. Don't hit the finishing circuit till over 100 miles. Then they've got seven or eight laps. I haven't got the stats in front of me. 
But I think looking at that course and having ridden it on a Brompton, You've ridden it, haven't you? I've yeah. ridden it on a Brompton, yeah. Brad, which is like getting getting down and dirty with that with that circuit with Ross Ross Downing. Ross. Um, dirty Ross. It's. I think you could think about climbers. He's not. He's a lovely lad, is Russ, isn't he? He knows he's he dirty. Was in your, he, he's, yeah. he's a good mate, Russ. He's, he's he a good lad. Dirty. But I think we could throw climbers in the mix. The Yates twins, Simon, for example. Don't know if he's riding or not. Well, yeah. I mean, that, just, I mean, my only fear with Simon is whether he's held that form because he rode the Giro flat out, he rode the Tour flat out, and on his day, of course, Simon could be world champion. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about no, it. No, definitely. Well, either gonna... of them, Adam could be as well. I mean, oh, no, for sure. You know, they're just um, they're phenomenal. But, we, I mean, you know... As I say, that, that team that's going to line up, our British team that's going to line up at the World Championships in England is... I mean, let's compare it to the team that lined up in 82 in Goodwood. It's probably a, a far more robust team, far more successful. I know the likes of Keith Lambert and Sid would have ridden back then, but they were British professionals that, given the same opportunities like now, as we said, there's so many. We've, we always talk about, you know, the Chris yeah. Walkers, Dave Rainers, this world. I think it's important that we do remind ourselves of where the sport was yes. and where the sport has come to yeah. and to reflect back on Dave's contribution to all this I know he didn't do it alone but he was the visionary you know 15, 20 years ago we'd be like chuffed if somebody got round the world so when I was riding Matt I, would, I was chuffed to just get Absolutely, a ride yeah. in the, in the pro world you 10 didn't you Matt well yeah I, I, you know, I was, and that, was, that was kind of a big and deal and you had a poo in a Colombian house <laughs> I had a poo in a Colombian house that's for, maybe the story for another podcast that's another story because we haven't got time we're running out, out of data we'll do that again we do that again sometime but no but, but, but the fact that we we can sit here, you know, in all honesty and think that we could actually walk away with two, two rainbow jerseys. We couldn't have done that 20 years ago, no, mate. No. Could we? we? We couldn't, but we can now, well, and that's a wonderful then thing. We did 50 years ago with Tom, didn't we? We did, yeah, yeah. We've just been showing the timer. Uh, so 10.09 on, on this particular session. Guest to the, the guest just arrived from it's just, it's just turned up. Yeah. I, you don't believe it's just turned up? It's Chris. It's Chris Yule Jensen. Oh, Chris. Oh. How are you going, guys? Uh, it's an honour for me to be here. Oh, Chris. Chris! I always wanted to be on this podcast. Oh no, we've we chatted to a lot of lot of Danes. Words got around that the, that the Danes are very oh, welcome. I love it. I love it. They don't get it, but I get it. You I totally get it, guys. I just totally get it. But the thing about you, Chris Jensen, running from Mitchelton Scott, you're not just Danish, are you? No. So talk us through your kind well, of heritage. I was born in Wicklow. I was really born in Wicklow, and then I moved to Copenhagen with my mother. So I'm kind of half Irish, you know, and I got a bit of a twang about my accent, but I love it. I love Ireland. I really do. I really do. So what do you consider yourself? I, I consider Irish myself or Danish. I consider myself Danish because I speak like this, but I do have a little twang about me. So what 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 called you? I mean, I know you were going to going to have a you're big friends with Mikel Nieve, you're big chat with friends with Matt White, but you've flown up especially for this podcast. Uh, I mean, how was the journey? The journey was great. I came on Air Lingus. Oh, and I only have to turn a bit of the Irish accent on and the point of Guinness. Oh, did they give you Guinness on the flight? I loved it. I absolutely loved it, man. Oh, it looks like Air you Lingus love it. from Copenhagen, only got... £49 return. <laughs> You've got that lovely twinkle in your eye, haven't you? i got a lovely Irish twinkle in my eye. Who have you been picked for for the Worlds? Ireland or Denmark? Do you actually Denmark, know Denmark, of course, Denmark. Because I heard a, a rumour. Anyway, i got to go now, Matt. My flight is at 6 o'clock. I, I just heard you've been picked for both teams. No, I cannot. I had to, I had to up give one of them one, a long time ago. Okay, okay. Anyway, I've got to go, mate, because oh, my, my, my flight is later. Chris Yul Jensen, thanks very much thanks, for joining guys. us. I thanks. I love this podcast. Oh, thank, thank you. Thanks. Oh, Chris, he's off. Oh, yeah, lovely guy. Brad, Chris, what a lovely lad. Yeah, top. I remember meeting him at the Worlds in Copenhagen in 2011. He'd done a ride in the Espar race. Cav had just won the Worlds. We'd yeah. had him out. We were in this bar. He'd come up and he goes, Oh, you want to buy a rug? <laughs> Who's this fella? You want to buy a rug? And he, I, I thought he was taking the mic, but yeah. he's actually he's from Wicklow. Brilliant. Um, Danish, of course. 
lovely, lovely fellow. Great bike rider. Great. Well, bike took rider. his first solo big win at the Tour of Switzerland last year. First he World did. Tour win. He did, Chris. In, in the yeah. rain. Very Irish. But Copenhagen he's wanted to come on podcast for a long time. It's good to have him. And um, we love him. It's we a shame it's so brief, but hey, put your hands yeah, together we for have to get these Chris people Williams. in and out because they've got tight schedules to keep. No, we, we've, we've only got a certain amount of data, haven't and we? And the other person, obviously, we spoke to Chris Angus Armstrong, who's here with Danish Chris. TV. No, he's been here all for the whole three weeks. Yeah, and we tried to get Chris Anchor on, and because he's a big fan of Bullseye. He's a big, he's a big fan of Bullseye. Was he? I believe his grandparents were on Bullseye and got second prize. Well, they missed out on the speedboat. I know. Um, but they, they couldn't they, take it back, could they? They couldn't take it back. But they won the dining kitchen set. and they, yeah, they still got it, apparently. The tea towels and dressing gowns. They've still got it. Um, but Jim Bowen, legend Copenhagen, apparently. St- Jim uh, Bowen, legend Copenhagen. Jim Bowen started to stay at the milk race in Cambridge. Anyway, Matt, that's it okay. for this week's Bradley Wiggins show. Um, <laughs> it's been great, isn't it? Next week, we've got some fabulous guests the next couple of weeks. I believe we're going to be live in Yorkshire at the World Road Race Championship. Wow for our, one of our last podcasts. Oh, that'd be great. Steve Cummins is along next week, I believe. Fantastic. Stay tuned. All the best. Brilliant. People, don't get too drunk. Don't forget to buy your raffle tickets. Stay safe. And look after each other. Stay safe. Life's precious. Mm-mm. God bless. Bye-bye. That's it for this episode of the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport. Thanks to our sponsor, Lacquer Bicycle Insurance, powered by the community. You can stay up to date with Brad on social media at Sir Wigge. Matt, meanwhile, is on at Real Stevens. You can follow Eurosport on Twitter and Instagram at Eurosport underscore UK. And you can, of course, find us on Facebook. Finally, from me, Graham Wilgos, it's goodbye. If you've enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, share your thoughts and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next week for a look forward to the World Championships in Yorkshire. See you then. The Bradley Wiggins Show is a Muddy Knees Media production for Eurosport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.